Welcome back to another episode of the Hecklers and Hot Takes podcast. This is your host, Brian Clinton. We are recapping week 10, 10 of the college football season. I, I, I don't know really what to do with that. It's incredible that we're already this far into the season. We've only got four weeks of the regular season left, and then we're talking about championship Saturday and, and bowl season. And we're already in November. I can't believe it, but we had a huge week 10 uh, as far as the national landscape goes in college football, there's a lot going on, and we're just going to dive in. First and foremost, half of the top six goes down. Number one, Tennessee falls to Georgia. Clemson falls to an unranked Notre Dame team, and Alabama drops one, their second game of the year, to LSU. One, four, and six go down. What does this mean for the top six? What does this mean for the top four of the college football playoff? Well, let's just start with Tennessee. Yes, they lost a game by two touchdowns to Georgia and Athens. This does not lock them out of the college football playoff by any means. T- uh, Tennessee is is fully capable of winning the rest of its schedule, not going to the SEC championship, and still getting in. We've seen it before. We've seen Alabama make the playoff without having an SEC championship or even appearing in the SEC championship game. We've se- We've seen teams do this, and I don't think that – it's a coincidence that Tennessee is set up the way that it is now to to move forward. I, I, I just think that we've seen it happen before. The SEC is the only conference in college football that is capable of getting two teams into the playoff, and I'm not counting them out this year. I, I still think that Tennessee has that capability, and Georgia obviously has the inside track to it right now. Alabama's done. Alabama is done. There's, they're not getting into the college football playoff. LSU would have to drop both of the uh, two games uh, in the SEC East that it, that remains. I don't see them losing that any either one of those games or SEC West rather. Sorry, the the LSU Tigers ended Nick Saban's chance at another national title this year, and Alabama was supposed to be the team to beat this year. Georgia has looked like the team to beat this year. Uh, uh, Tennessee did up to this week, but we see a lot of SEC teams in the mix here. Michigan and Ohio State, what a game that's going to be in a few weeks. Potentially number two versus number three in that game if they both go into it undefeated. Huge college football implications in that game. What about the TCU Horn Frogs? I look at TCU and – They've moved up to four in the AP pool. Is that a coincidence? No, it's not. It's not a coincidence. I'll answer the question for you. There's a reason TCU is the lowest ranked undefeated team. It's because their brand isn't on par with the other three teams above them. That's just that's just the way that it is. Georgia's a major brand. Ohio State's a major brand. Michigan's a major brand. All three of those teams have made a college football playoff. Two of them have won it. TCU hasn't sniffed the college football playoff, except for the year that they should have been in when they tied with Baylor for the Big 12 championship. But that's neither here nor there. That's a long time ago. I don't want to dig up old old wounds. That's oh well, We're not here for that. But TCU is going to have an uphill battle to get in to the college football playoff if they don't remain undefeated. And we'll, we'll kind of dive into that when we get into the Big 12 games. Um, Let's just do it. Let's jump into TCU. They take care of business against Texas Tech 
as I said, they moved up to number four. They're still the lowest ranked undefeated team. Let's just let's let's talk scenarios here. Let's say TCU drops a game against Texas this week coming up. College game day is going to be an awesome for that one. Big game. TCU drops this game, and let's let's say they go the rest of the way. They're eleven and one. They win the Big Twelve championship. Get to twelve and one. Have that conference title uh, mark next to their name. Does Tennessee get the nod at eleven and one over over TCU? I'm not saying I think that they should. I'm just asking the question: Does Tennessee get the nod? Because we've seen it happen before, and I, I think the committee has set the precedent that obviously they're impressed with what Tennessee's done to this point, and they weren't impressed with what TCU had done to this point. They had TCU below a one-loss Alabama team at seven. I think they've set the precedent for it. And if they go and change it, which they they haven't really fixed their mistakes in the past, they've just continued to roll with it out of stubbornness or what have you. I don't think that that changes things for TCU uh, in their favor right now. Um, another thing that I noticed about TCU yesterday, Quentin Johnston wasn't in the game. Dealing with a lower lower body injury. Uh, you know, I think it was something along the lines of a hamstring, if I remember correctly. But when he wasn't in the offense, TCU did not look like the same team. He is a bona fide first round pick at wide receiver. Those don't come around very often. And you've got one of the best receivers in the country. He's unguardable whenever he's at a hundred percent. Like that's just how, that's just how it is. So that will be something to look, look at going forward. Um, the game against Texas this week is going to be massive. Uh, there are huge, huge things that could come out of that game. And I don't expect Texas to cover this insane line that it has right now. Seven and a half points. Texas is getting seven and a half points against an eight and O or sorry, a nine and O TCU team. Tell me why that doesn't make any sense. I, other than brand recognition, I, I don't want to get into that again. Let's just, let's move on. Kansas takes down number 18, Oklahoma state. They get to bowl eligibility for the first time since 2008. Huge deal for the Jayhawks. They tear down the goalposts rightfully. So, what a season so far. Kansas is at 6-3. and three. They're going bowling. Um, I bet the party in, in Lawrence last night was just incredible, as it should be. They should be celebrating. That's a huge deal for the program. Um, what Lance Leipold has done in year one is just incredible and and uh, big deal for, for Kansas. But on the flip side of that, boy, I think Oklahoma State is in trouble. Uh, Devin Neal for Kansas had 224 yards on 32 carries and two touchdowns. He also added six receptions for 110 yards. With or without Spencer Sanders, who doesn't play defense for the Cowboys, they're in trouble. I, I, I'm i just going to – I'm calling it how it is. Both teams in Oklahoma have looked bad. Oklahoma State has kind of joined in with Oklahoma here as looking uh, – middling teams at best in the Big 12 right now and a tough Big 12 and – Things are just going to continue getting worse for Oklahoma State, I feel like. They have Iowa State this week. Trace Ford, the star defensive end for, for Oklahoma State, he went down with an injury, a knee injury, and it didn't look good. He's already dealt with two ACL injuries in the past. That would be a huge loss for Oklahoma State if that's what it ends up being. And on the flip side of the ball, Oklahoma State's offensive line just looked terrible. 
They looked really, really bad against a Kansas front that has given up tons and tons of yards on the ground. Oklahoma State was only able to manage 111 yards on the ground against one of the worst rushing defenses in the Big 12. And that was with a backup quarterback, and so it's not like they didn't try to run the football some. It, it's just it's baffling that Oklahoma State has fallen off as quickly as they have. We were talking about Oklahoma State potentially being a college football playoff team two or three weeks ago. I mean, it's not out of the realm um, uh, of thinking. We we were there just a few weeks ago, and now you know Oklahoma State's six and three. They've lost two in a row, and they're just tumbling right now. And I and I don't really know if the bleeding stops. Uh, you know, it's it's something that you kind of I don't know where to go with them. Uh, the state of Kansas just was not nice to Oklahoma. Um, the state of Oklahoma in the last two weeks with, with Oklahoma state losing 48 to nothing against Kansas state last week and 37 to 16 this week to the Kansas Jayhawks, just, just bad, just bad football and, and still water. And the, and the football in Norman's not any better. Uh, Baylor takes down Oklahoma 38 to 35. The game was back and forth, but Oklahoma threw three costly interceptions. Um, they were all tip balls. They weren't bad throws from from Dylan from Dylan Gabriel. But the problem is, Oklahoma has to find a way to make those catches, and Baylor was just opportunistic as they could be. They were fantastic. They took advantage of the opportunities that Oklahoma gave them. They cashed in ten points on those three turnovers. Oklahoma forces one turnover and can't manage a single point out of it. So Baylor beats some old fashioned. Oklahoma's rush defense is a major problem. Uh, they gave up yards upon yards on the ground to Baylor last or yesterday rather, it was it was ugly. It was ugly. Uh, Squirrel Williams, otherwise known as Craig Williams for, for Baylor, had 25 carries for 192 yards and two touchdowns on the day. Uh, Baylor just ran up and down the field on Oklahoma in the second half. They held Baylor to 92 yards, I believe, in the first half uh, rushing. Baylor ends with 281 yards on the ground and 5.9 yards per rush. It was, it was just they ran it down Oklahoma's throat in the second half, and there was nothing the Sooners could do about it. That's got to be frustrating for Brent Venables, who wants his team to be physical. They were out physical yesterday, as they have been uh, in big games over the last couple of years, and, and that trend continues against Baylor. Baylor is now 2-0 and against the Sooners in the last two years. It's not a coincidence. Dave Aranda's teams are tough. That's just how it is. And if Oklahoma is going to be a Big 12 contender before it leaves for the SEC in 2025, that toughness is going to have to return to Norman. And I don't know that you get it with the roster you've got right now. You've got a lot of Lincoln Riley's guys left in there. I expect there to be major turnover in Norman this year, uh, this offseason coming up. And and I don't think that, that Brent Venables is going to be able to build the team he wants to without that happening. So, uh, you know, but let's talk about Baylor on the other side of this. Don't count them out. They are still well within their means of finding their way into a Big 12 title game. They actually control their destiny because of Oklahoma State's loss yesterday. They're in part of a three-way tie with Texas and Kansas State in second place. And I don't – Baylor has a tough schedule to finish out. They've got to take down Kansas State, TCU, and Texas all in a row to get in. I think Baylor's playing some of its best football of its year right now, and, and I think the three wins in a row uh, are giving them some confidence going into this stretch. They get Kansas State and TCU at home, 
they do travel to Texas to finish the year, but Baylor's got a shot. I, I'm not counting them out. I definitely could see Baylor making the championship game. <clears throat> grab a drink here real quick. Just water tonight, guys. Just water. Uh, I, I had enough had enough beverages yesterday <laughs> during during the uh, college football slate. Just got to get revamped here for the week coming up. But uh, let's jump over to Texas. Uh, Texas takes down Kansas State 34-27 to after Kansas State's huge win last week. Um, Texas jumped out to another big lead. They about blew it. Uh, Kansas State outscored the Longhorns 17-3 to in the second half. Nearly was able to, to come up with a win there. But Bijan Robinson was huge for the Longhorns. He wins that head-to-head battle versus Deuce Vaughn. They don't play against each other on the field, but, you know, we do this with running backs and quarterbacks. Bijan Robinson has 30 carries for 209 yards on a score. Uh, he was a workhorse. He should be. He's one of the best running backs, if not the best running back in the league and in the country. And I don't think that it was a coincidence that they handed the ball off to him 30 times. You've got to. That, that's the best plan of action if you're Texas. I don't know why you wouldn't give him the ball 30 times. Uh, Quinn Ewers was better yesterday. Uh, he had a bad performance against Oklahoma State two weeks or last week. He goes 18 for 31 uh, for 197 yards and two touchdowns. Nothing, nothing real flashy. He just played better football. He was he was surgical and, and with some passes. He looked good. He did what they needed him to. As a freshman, that's all you can ask for from Quinn Ewers. He has his team right in the thick of things. Uh, they hold. A, they now hold a tiebreaker over Kansas State in second place for the for the Big 12 standing. So they are really, really close to finding themselves into the Big 12 championship game. They just have to keep winning. That's that's the only, you know, at this point in the season, you can't afford a loss. They have a big game against TCU this week. Um, I, I expect that game to be huge and, and really a good hard-fought battle. Both teams are playing really good football right now, so definitely something I'll be looking for. Really excited to watch that one uh, and, you know, see how the the uh, Big 12 standings shake out. TCU has built itself quite a lead. I, I They have at least the opportunity to lose a game and still be in first. So uh, we'll see how it goes. I, I really like that matchup uh, for the Horned Frogs, and um, I'm still confused on why Texas is getting seven and a half points in that game. Uh, really confused by that, but we'll see how it plays out. Uh, the final game of the Big 12 slate, Iowa State gets its first Big 12 win of the year. Uh, they take down West Virginia 31-14. to West Virginia was without its top two rushers. C.J. Donaldson's out for the year. Tony Math is still dealing with injury. He sustained a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Justin Johnson manages just 48 yards on the ground on 12 carries. Uh, West Virginia had 76 yards total rushing. Iowa State's defense is good. What uh, We're not going to sugarcoat it here. Iowa State's rushing defense is among the best in the Big 12. And when you have your top two rushers, it's going to be really hard to establish anything running the ball. And that kept Iowa State's defense able to be aggressive with a pass rush, and it really just showed. Um, Xavier Hutchinson on the flip side of the ball had another huge day. He had 10 receptions for 123 yards on the score. That's his fifth 100-yard day, if you're counting. That's one hand. Fifth 100-yard day of the year. That's his seventh over 90 yards on the year. Um, best receiver in the Big 12, um, really for my money, him and Quentin Johnston are right there neck and neck. Um, I think I would take Hutchinson just for the volume that he's had. If you're a college football fantasy guy, uh, 
Uh, Xavier Hutchinson is the guy to own in in the Big Twelve, but uh, he, man, he is terrific. And even if teams shut him down, uh, Oklahoma did a decent job of shutting him down last week. He still had ten receptions, if I remember correctly. So the guy's involved. He's going to be involved in the offense. Uh, he definitely will be a guy that's playing on Sundays next year. And if you don't have him in college football fantasy, you'll definitely want to have him uh, in, in the NFL fantasy if you're into that kind of thing. Um, West Virginia is, you know, I think they, at this point, it's safe to say West Virginia is the lost, the bottom team in a tough Big 12. They just are. They've got one conference win. Iowa State just got their first conference win over them. Uh, West Virginia is 3-6 and six on the year, and they've got Oklahoma coming to town this week. Um, it doesn't get any easier for, for West Virginia. It's going to be tough. It's going to be a tough finish. They've got Oklahoma, Kansas State, and Oklahoma State to finish the year. And um, the Sooners are getting seven and a half points against West Virginia coming into the week. So, you know, I, I think that West Virginia is capable of winning a couple of more games. I think they can beat both the Oklahoma teams. I think the game against Kansas State is going to be tough. But, uh, you know, West Virginia's got some pieces. It's just a matter of playing in one of the toughest leagues, if not the toughest league from top to bottom in the country. That's just where it's at. Um, but because we have such a tough league in the Big 12, there's going to be a lot of teams going bowling. I'm going to give you my college football playoff and or bowl projections here for the Big 12. Right now, I am going to give TCU the edge. I think that TCU probably gets through the regular season unscathed. I, I feel somewhat confident in that just seeing as how they've played so far i think texas is going to give them a run this week it'll be interesting to see how that game plays out but right now i've got tcu versus georgia in the chick-fil-a peach bowl uh college football playoff uh for that game uh, i think tcu gets it done there and gets into the playoff tough matchup against georgia but it would be huge for the program to get to the college football playoff on sunny dyke's first year new year's six bowl i think i think we have another team make it in i think texas uh, does make it to the Big 12 championship uh, to play TCU. And I'm going to take uh, – Texas has got Tennessee in the Sugar Bowl on this one for me. Uh, I think that would be a terrific matchup between Josh Heupel, former Sooner uh, quarterback and offensive coordinator going up against Texas. So plenty of headlines in that one. That would be fun. Texas Tech, I'm going to say Texas Tech plays Memphis in the Armed Forces Bowl. Um, really like what, what – uh, Joey McGuire is doing down in Lubbock, and I think he's going to get his team to a bowl. He's got a tough schedule to finish out, but I think they get it done. I've got K-State versus USC in the Alamo Bowl. I think uh, <laughs> wouldn't that be fun? Kansas State plays former head coach, former Oklahoma head coach Lincoln Riley, who had plenty of trouble with, with the Wildcats. I think that would be a lot of fun um, in the Alamo Bowl. I've got Baylor versus North Carolina in the Cheez-It Bowl. Um I think that Baylor is going to go uh, – I think they're going to grab another win or two. I don't think they make it to the Big 12 championship. I think that slate is just too tough finishing with the top three teams in the league. I think they drop at least another game, uh, but but I think that Baylor does get to the Cheez-It Bowl. I've got Oklahoma versus Arkansas in the AutoZone Liberty Bowl. I think Oklahoma finds a way to get to bowl eligibility. They probably end 7-5 and five on the year, if I was to guess. Um, potential of finishing 8-4, and four, but I think Oklahoma gets 7-5 and five in – and uh, takes on Arkansas in the Liberty Bowl. Got Kansas, the Kansas Jayhawks going bowling for the first time since 2008. I've got them taking on Florida in the Tax Act Texas Bowl and Oklahoma State versus Wisconsin in the Guaranteed Rate Bowl. Um, 
Eight teams out of the 10. That's not bad. 80% of the conference going bowling uh, kind of shows you how tough this league is. That's just really where we're at right now. Uh, the Big 12 is tough. You've got several teams already at six wins. Uh, others knocking on the door of five wins. This is this is a really, really fun league to watch this year. It's incredibly fun to cover, I can tell you that. Uh, just working with Heartland College Sports. Uh, it, it's It's really fun to cover this league from week to week. You don't know what's going to happen. It's really hard for us to make picks and, and know who's going to win from week to week. And, and that's the fun in it. Uh, love covering this conference. And each and every week you're going to have a brawl on your hands. That's just how it is. Um, love it. So that's going to do it for us this week. Appreciate you listening in. Uh, make sure you tune in for our recap next Sunday. It'll be just me from here on out. We appreciate you guys listening in, and we will talk to you next time.